Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey guys, it's time for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, as well as a dating coach and matchmaker at singleinthecity.ca. In 2020, it can be hard to keep track of all the available words to define our relationship status. We're not just single or in a relationship. We have friends with benefits, booty calls, and the thing that we are discussing tonight, situational relationships, otherwise known as situationships. Situationships are confusing, but really common these days. You're regularly seeing someone, so they're more than a casual encounter, but they're not but they're still undefined and uncommitted. They lie in that weird space between a committed relationship and casual dating. Tonight, we're going to unpack what exactly constitutes as a situationship, why they happen, how you can tell if you're in a situationship, and how to get out of it or turn it into a relationship. Joining me tonight, I have my friend Susan Winter, a New York-based relationship expert and best-selling author. She's made countless appearances on shows such as Good Morning America, The Today Show, and The Oprah Show. Jealous. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show, Susan. Laura, so great to talk to you, and I love your show. Love your Instagram page. Love everything. Who needs Oprah when you've doing. got me? <laughs> That's right. That's what I said. That was my first thought. No, I love your show. It's great. You always talk about the really necessary things, the things we wonder about. We just don't know how to figure it out. So thanks for all the great information from all your guests. And that's why I love you so much. And I love your YouTube <laughs> channel. Um, yeah, it's fantastic, the work you're doing. Now, just to recap, a situationship is when you're dating someone without commitment or strings attached having that companionship, but the door is still open for another person. Susan, can you help us identify how we know that we are in a situationship? Well, you can't define it. So somebody will ask you, so you're seeing Jack or so you're seeing Jill. You're like, yeah, well, we're seeing each other. So are you guys like seeing, seeing each other? Do you like, like each other? Or what do you have? Well, you know, it's just kind of casual right now. I don't really know. You will find that you can't explain it to your friends and you can't even explain it to yourself. That's a situationship. Normally, you are seeing somebody, dating somebody, having sex with somebody, but no conversations have occurred or conversations have occurred and been stilted and you've not been given an answer. So basically, you don't know what you're in. That's a situationship. And some of the signs might be that there's no consistency or you only make short-term or last-minute plans. I mean, I think we've all been in a relationship uh, like that at one point or another where you don't know what you're doing, like, you know, the next, the following weekend or the weekend after. Because real relationships, you make plans in real relationships. So you were great when you said consistency. Consistency and accountability. See, the thing that separates seeing somebody casually and there are no strings and no expectations or don't, don't dare ask for any expectations, don't have any, is the fact that there's accountability. When we have a partner, we expect that they call us back and not leave us on read if we send a text message. We expect that if they say they're coming Friday night, that we will see them Friday night. 
So there is a level of expectation when you're in partnership. When you're in a situationship, whatever your expectations are, eh, sometimes they'll be fulfilled, but most times they will not. So there's no accountability. You're absolutely right. That's right. There's no accountability. You don't know when the person's going to call you or text you next. When you when you are on a date with the person and you leave that date, you you often feel this confusion, like what just happened there? Do, are they into me? Are they Bingo. not into me? Are we yep. dating? Are we not dating? Are we going to take this relationship to the next level? I mean, and also your time together is starting to get boring because in a situationship, you probably do the same thing over and over again. You know, probably like Netflix, chilling, you're having sex, whatever it is. I mean, the sex may be good, but <laughs> but if, you, yeah. if you're not creating new experiences and your relationship doesn't have structure, it's, it's going to get stale and it's just not going to be fun anymore. So those are some ways that we can determine whether or not we're in a situationship. Sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, to bring out your point, there's minimal effort on your partner's side. Hmm. I mean, let's say you're not the one creating the relationship, uh, the situationship. Let's say it's happening to you. You find yourself in a situationship. You will notice your partner puts in minimal effort, minimal effort. And if once in a while they knock it out of the ballpark, after that, it's like dead, radio silence. It's like, I was just about to dump you and, like, be done with you. Not, how can I even dump you when we're not even in a relationship, but I was ready to never see you again. Now you did something miraculous, and now you've confused me, so I'm back in the game again. So there are many different cycles to this. And another quick sign, too, that just came to my head is they don't talk about the future. There's no direction. So you never yeah. know what's happening. They're cautious about Right. It's like, we'll see. I like, oh, the, here's one of the great lines. This is a typical red flag. Yeah, I just like to go with the flow. Let's just see what happens. Let's go with the flow. And can you imagine all the modern explorers? Yeah, I'm going to get on these ships that have been commissioned by the queen. I'm going to go across the ocean. And I'm just going to see go where the, the wind flow. takes me. I think there's something over there. Don't know. You know, I'm going to get, I'm going to fly this plane. I'll land it. It'll land someplace. Who knows? Caracas, you know, what, uh, L.A. We don't know. So there's no forethought. Oh, and keep in mind that most people may have not heard this term, uh, situationship, because people that are in a situationship don't normally boast that they're in this type of relationship. They don't tell their partner, no, we're not officially partners. It's actually just a situationship because the term is labelless. Susan, why do situationships typically happen? There's no forethought, and exactly what we said. And sometimes, listen, both people, one person, they're afraid to ask. So what normally happens uh, in modern dating, people get together and they unite, they start seeing each other, and they don't talk about it. So there's no communication because everybody seems to be afraid of like, well, if I say it, am I going to look needy or am I going to look desperate? Like if I say I want a relationship, does that make me look desperate? Well, no, it actually gives your partner some clarity, but, you know, people worry. So they go mute. And so nobody knows and then nobody says. So oftentimes it is completely unspoken. People start interacting and they don't know what's going on. And then they become afraid to ask. Uh, another thing that is, you know, that um, they happen because it's been intentionally crafted as such. 
You may have a partner who intentionally keeps it vague because they want to enjoy your companionship. They want to get all the goodies. They just don't want to pay the price. And so they're leading you on purposefully. This tends to be less the case than people would imagine. I think most people are genuinely confused, simply start out and just don't know where they're going, get scared and just abandon ship altogether. And what about like FOMO, the fear of missing out or or always looking for the better thing, something better to come along? I mean, that's one of the biggest issues great. in online dating today. Yeah, that's a great observation. And it forces people into these situationships. Yeah, the paradox of choice. So people are treading water in the situationship. That's a great point. I didn't even think of talking about that. So that is something that is common with online dating and all the different apps. There's always someone new to, you know, swipe, look, meet. So there is a fear of many people like, oh, my gosh, am I settling? There could be better around the corner. So they simply tread water with the person they're with, kind of in a cushioning position. They're cushioning you so that they can move on to somebody else. And therefore, they don't want to make a big commitment to you. They don't want to let – it's like keeping a pot on simmer. They don't want to let you go cold because they may need you. I mean, when you're online dating, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. You're lucky (laughs) if you even find one person that you're remotely attracted to or compatible to. Never mind, like, fearing you're missing out and, you know, looking for the next best thing. Like, it's like, where is the next best thing? If you have something relatively quite amazing in front of you, you know, explore that. Like, if people are, I don't know what they're looking for, but... (laughs) It's gotten a little crazy out there. Well, people are afraid to make a decision. It's called the paradox of choice. (laughs) And I know the same thing happens to me when I walk into a huge department store like Bloomingdale's in New York or something. I mean, it's like it's it's nine football fields on top of each other. It's like, oh, I just want a top. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. So people tend not to make a choice. People are really uniquely confused in this. It's astounding. And also, perhaps uh, you just moved to a new city, you might find dating the fastest way to meet new people and socialize, and in some cases, it's easier to go on a date than it is to make new friends. Or maybe you just went through a recent breakup. If you or your partner recently ended like a long-term relationship, you may be not, or you might not be looking for another commitment so quickly. So those are some other uh, reasons that situationships typically happen. Um, so why is there such an aversion to define the relationship? Why would anyone want an undefined relationship? <laughs> it's really confusing to me because I think there's more chaos and emotional pain when you don't know where you're going because. Love, sex, romance, engaging somebody's interest, as they say, catching feelings, it comes at a price. There are expectations, implicit or explicit. They it, they just occur, and we want what we want. I, I would think it would be so much easier to start with somebody who wants what you want. But I think the reason, the benefit, or the reason that people would want an undefined relationship is that by not defining the relationship, they are under no sense of responsibility for hurting you. There's no emotional fallout allowed for them. So it's kind of like a disclaimer, like you can't really sue us and we're not really doing this. It's like the signs on the beach, no lifeguard on duty, limit your own risk. So you're just there. So they get a clause that eliminates any kind of responsibility for 
emotional pain or trauma they may inflict as they flounder about in your life. Susan, we need to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking about situationships, and when we come back, we're going to discuss the biggest pitfalls of situationships. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we are talking about situationships, the type of relationship that leaves you in a weird space between a committed relationship and casual dating. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and joining me tonight on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, on the Dating and Relationship Show is Susan Winter. She's a relationship expert from New York City. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Love the topic. So do I. Uh, what does it say about a person who doesn't want to label a relationship, who doesn't want to commit? What does it say about that person? Well, you know, they could be at a certain point in their life where they're not ready to. Let's say they've exited a long-term marriage. They're new to dating. They don't know what they want. Um, there are times in all of our lives where we're not as serious about partnership and maybe we want to have fun. But on the other side of the coin, a situationship, a relationship without a label is really an attempt to escape responsibility. I mean, I think if you're going to explore someone and they are agreeable and you like them, why not see exactly what is possible rather than limiting it from the get-go? That seems a little odd to me, that you would prematurely limit everything. So I think it's to avoid responsibility. And and if a person tells you that they don't want a relationship, you need to believe them. Let me know if this sounds familiar. They tell you that they don't want a relationship, but instead of accepting the relationship for what it is, you embark on this challenge to get them to change their mind and want to commit to you. But guess what? You're, what you're doing is you're only hurting yourself by doing this. Now, Susan, how do you suggest we go about a situation like this where there's chemistry between you and another person, but they tell you that they don't want a relationship? And I think you've helped me with this as well uh, in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a classic trap that we fall into because, you know, we all think, hey, I'm great. I'm nice. I like me. You should like me. Everyone should like me. So... You know, we feel inherently as though we have value. So we, mm-hmm. we go in with high hopes. Like, you know, if they just get to know me, they just need to spend time. Oh, they were hurt in the past. I'll show them that they we can make excuses me. for oh. them. Well, you're, you're convinced that somehow the uniqueness of you, the brilliance of you will change their opinion. Mm. And if they tell you they're not looking for a relationship, there is good reason. So they've given you a stop sign. You're like, no, that kind of looks yellow to me. I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see here. It could have been green. Maybe it was just my, uh, just the light reflection. So you see, we are fooling ourselves. And then the desperate attempt to get them to see our value, which does nothing but erode our self-esteem in the process as we continue to audition to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend for this person that doesn't even have the job position available. So that is self-defeat. So let's just say someone is in a situation where 
um, like you gave me a little bit of information on this a little while ago, where there's chemistry between you and another person, but then they don't, you know that they don't really want to be in a relationship for whatever reason. But Susan, I'm going to ask this again, because I know um, there was a similar situation you were helping me with. And you said, oh, just put them in the friend zone. Right. So if there's chemistry between you and another person and they're not really giving you what you want, then just put them in the friend zone. What did you mean by that? I think what I meant for you was put them in the proper category. For example, if you know that you want a relationship and you are meeting people that don't want a relationship or tell you they can't, you are going to not be putting them in the right category. So you are looking for somebody who's locked and loaded and ready for a relationship. That should be the only kind of person that you're entertaining romantically in your mind and in you know, giving them time in your life. So you have miscategorized this person. They have come in pretending they'll do some form of romance, but you put them in the boyfriend-girlfriend partnership category. You must remove them from that and put them in the appropriate category, which could be, okay, uh, I'm looking for a relationship. You evidently want friends with benefits or something else. I'll put you over here. Maybe I'll play. Maybe I won't. But you have to put them in the right category. Could be friend. It could be nothing. Could be see in six months. It could be, you know, I'm ready for and a And it's whatever you're comfortable with. And it's whatever you're comfortable yes, with. Certainly take them out of the box that they don't fit. Because there's nothing but resentment if they keep letting you down. Is there a category, is there a position where they will not fail you, that you are comfortable with? And if you've gone through every possible combination, even though there's chemistry and you like each other, and it's just too painful, you can't put them anyplace, then you may have to evacuate. Evacuate, run, run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> what are the biggest pitfalls of situationships? Oh, just the inherent confusion and mm -hmm. the fact that, well, you can hurt somebody and they can hurt you. The depression um, that comes with it, it can somebody. be so disappointing. Well, yeah, you can be leading somebody on or they could be leading you on. By being vague, nobody knows where they stand. So hope reigns supreme. And it's like, oh, but they'll see me. They'll like me. It's just a matter of time. And then, you know, there's heartache. So we don't want to hurt people needlessly. No. And one of the biggest mistakes I see women make, and I'm guilty of this, is we try to convince or persuade the man that we're dating by doing nice things for them because we feel like the more we do, the more he's going to like us. But that's not always true. What's the danger in this? Oh, well, first of all, we're trying to win their affection. We're trying to earn it. And it is true that, you know, you earn somebody's respect but when it comes to attraction, we shouldn't be working so hard to prove our merit. If we have to struggle so hard, jump up and down and prove our worth, we've got somebody who's already got probably a power thing. You know, there are lots of people I see where I see really attractive, successful, really dynamic people, male and female, straight and gay, and they get with somebody, they know there's chemistry, and that person is not letting them in. And it's, it's bewildering because they know what's going on. And sometimes they are being rejected because the other person is fearful. And the other person feels an immense sense of control, having uh, the ability to reject somebody over and over. Bring them in, reject them. Bring them in, reject them. They'd like to play. They're too scared to play. So the best thing to do is to keep somebody at a distance and always feel desired. I mean, what a great trip, right? 
Yeah. But I, I think it's more rewarding to actually get in the water and swim, not just sit by the sidelines. So there are many different reasons that people will do this. Good point. And a situationship is is an okay is an unstable relationship, which whichever way you look at it. And this type of relationship right. can be more toxic and damaging than you think. So let's go over some reasons why it's time to get out of a situationship if you're in one currently. Well, do a cost benefit analysis. Ask yourself, what's the benefit? Do I have an occasional sexual partner that I really like? Yes. Uh, Is it costing me more emotionally to interact with them than it's worth? Mm, Let me weigh that out in my mind. Let me do a test. Or or as my friend, the behavioral scientist will say, we'll do an A-B test. (laughs) Is seeing this person more or less painful? Is it more painful to be away from them? Is it more painful to actually be with them and then realize they disappoint me? So you have to ask yourself, why are you there? You also have to be very honest with yourself. Do you think you have a chance? Are they? It can happen, Laura. We always see. I know, but we always feel like we have a chance when we're in that situation because if the chemistry is amazing, and I I mean, we've all been there, and I've I've gone, seen many multiple clients going through it, and friends go through it. Where it's like, oh, our connection is amazing. You just don't understand when you know when we're behind locked doors, like. It's it's off it's off the chain our connection right so mm-hmm, of course mm-hmm. you're going to feel that there's something there and that and then there's hope and that that this person is going through something and they're going to come to their senses eventually and we're going to be live happily ever after right right of course and that is the bait that keeps us in the little mousetrap yep that's it it is that is what I call when hope is harmful. And it's great to have hope in life, but it's also really prudent to watch the pattern and mark your levels of progress or not. So within a relationship, you can have chaos and high and lows, especially initially in new relationships. But what we want to mark is, are we seeing progress? Ask yourself the following questions. Are we getting closer to each other? Is there more communication rather than less? Is there more consistency of behavior? Is there, are there more dates? Are there more get-togethers? Do you feel underlying, no matter how rough it is to shift gears? Is there a, a sense of progress underneath all? And that will give you your answer as to whether, you know, your time there is worth it or if you're just spinning your wheels. And you might want to put a timeline on it. Give yourself maybe four yeah. months, six months, you know, eight months, whatever that is for you. Put a timeline on it. Yep. And if your relationship has a I love the idea of timeline. Right? By that by that timeline, then it's yeah. time to say, Okay, you know, it's time to let it go. But it, Yeah, exactly. It's a lot easier to do when you're not in the situation. It's a lot more difficult to do when you are living that situation. For yeah. sure. Yeah, because again, you keep hoping that the next date, the next interaction will be where they see or they, they have their realization. <laughs> How about this before we take a break? How about um, stepping back and playing a little hard to get? Well, you know, you, I don't know the situation. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that works. You'd have to feel it. It's not being as attentive. Because sometimes I know with men, when you're not as attentive, they come running, right? (laughs) 
well, then you have to make to sure that yourself. that they're being sincere and that it's it's not for it's not they're not feeding their ego because not, you're, you're now not paying any attention to them. True. Rather than and I then might, the deeper the the deeper rooted way to do that is to actually take them off the pedestal, see them for what they are, and quit trying to sell yourself. Show up, have the date, go. You know, you need to take a step back inside. Mm. It's cool when it's outside, but outer only works if the inner is in alignment. So when you start to realize, my God, I'm way over the edge. What am I doing? I'm throwing myself at this person. Let me just chill, pull back. I'm tired of working. They call, they call, they don't call, whatever. And then they wake up. Oh, (laughs) you're right. They wake up. We're going to continue this conversation on when it's time to get over a situationship if you're in one when we come back. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and Susan Winter, relationship expert all the way from New York City, is joining me tonight. We're talking about a type of relationship where one or both parties are not willing to commit or define the relationship. This is called a situationship. So before the break, uh, we were talking about um, reasons why it's time to get out of a situationship if you're in one. And one of the things that you mentioned that I didn't have time to comment on was to stop putting people on a pedestal. And I'm a firm believer in that. Often we, we do put people on pedestals that haven't even earned it. Like, why are we putting this person on a pedestal when you don't even really know them yet? <laughs> you don't even really know if you're no. going to be compatible. But we've created this uh, this image of, of what this relationship could look like and what this person could, could ideally be in your life. But, but, yeah, so stop putting people on pedestals. I 100% agree with that. I think this is especially true in new relationships. We meet somebody and then we fill in all the spaces with our dreams and desires. (laughs) You know, it isn't every day that you meet somebody. It's like it really clicks. So when you meet that person, Mm -hmm. you're just ready to go. And so all your hopes and dreams, and if you want them intelligent, oh, they're really intelligent. If you wanted them world traveled, oh, they're so world traveled. (laughs) Whatever it is, you choose to admire them. But on the other side, from a higher perspective, I think it's kind of the bait used to get us to love. I mean, it's kind of like if you tell parents that are, you know, entertaining the idea of having a child, you know, you might find them fighting with you as a teenager, throwing you out of their room, doing drugs, leaving college, disappointing you. They won't think about that. They'll just think about, we're having a baby. So in a way, love has to be a little fantasy-like to have us enter that gate where we're going to get hurt. So I think it's part and parcel of the package. There is a lot of dreams and hopes that are wrapped up in the entire romantic experience. It's necessary to get us to move toward it. So I think that's kind of a trick of nature. But you are right. We put them on a pedestal, and this is where we need to do a recalibration look at this person and realize that we don't know them that well. Right, Laura? Exactly. I mean, new That's relationships. it. You don't know them that well. 
you don't even know yeah, if you're compatible, that, really. I mean, if the person's not giving you their undivided attention and you're not spending that much time with them, I mean, you're only seeing them for a limited amount of time, how can you gauge whether or not they're a compatible match? You can't. Exactly. We can't, but we are locking on to those tidbits that they give us, and then we are fueling it with something I call the dream. And this is something that I refer to in a, a bunch of material, breakup triage, all these different you know, audiobooks and, and things. I, and I do this because humans build a dream around a person. We start to fill in our future forward hopes and, our, and what we'd like to live. And, oh, like, he plays golf and I play golf. And, you know, like, oh, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You start building this whole thing on date two. <laughs> I'm putting my hand up. I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. We all are. We all are. Yeah, it gets us in the gate. People wouldn't. Listen, love does not come with a safety net. Who is going to step out on thin ice and be like, oh, I'm all in. But if you see something so tantalizing, you're like, oh, I'm going to get run toward that because this is how it works. So part of it's not our fault. It's the way we're built and it's the way love occurs. So but we have to take a step back when we realize we're imbalanced And we are giving them far too much credit. So we take them off the pedestal by deconstructing our dream, separating our dream from this imperfect human that we hardly know and start to check what we're projecting onto them as our hopes. That is our hope. And there are two separate things. There's the person who's showing up or not (laughs) showing up mildly in a situationship. And then there's all of our hopes and dreams in a basket that we've just hurtled onto this person and ask them to carry for us. So we have to be very mindful of our goals in a relationship and what this person is actually bringing to the table. That's a little bit of mental work that has to be done. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. And a couple more reasons just before we get on to the next question um, to get out of a situationship, if you're in one, is if you're always left hanging and you're not sure what's happening, so you hang on and waste time on someone who isn't putting in the time, because the more time you spend with the wrong person, the less time you're going to have looking for the right person. And another uh, tip I want to give is, is, um, you know, if every time you leave, you know, that person, you feel deflated, you feel disappointed, confused, and unappreciated. Those are all signs that you're in a situationship and you're probably, uh, you probably should get out of it. Now, we've determined that a situationship can be a bad thing, especially if one person really wants a committed relationship. But how about looking at it from a different perspective? Situationships uh, can also allow two people to take it super slow, take the relationship super slow and figure out exactly what they are to each other. And I'm a big fan of taking relationships slow because rushing in the initial stages can put a damper on the partnership and decrease the odds of that relationship working out in the long run. And think about it. When you first meet someone, you're on your best behavior. And their true colors, they don't come out right away. It takes time to discover if you're truly compatible. So, Susan, my question to you is, do you see any other benefits from what I've just mentioned when it comes to situationships? Or did Um, I nail them all? I would actually do it differently. I would, from the very beginning, prefer that people say, look, we don't know what we've got here, but we are willing to explore. So before you you limit it and end up being in a situationship, at least give it an opportunity to have the freedom to explore what might be possible. 
And it, it, it could be that two people start casually seeing each other, not really knowing kind of in between, hoping but not sure if this is the one. They're either uh, simply afraid or cautious. And, and then they begin to get honest with themselves and honest with each other about the depth of their feelings. That's how you change it from exploration and hanging out to, you know, I really like you. And it takes courage to say that, right? Mm-hmm. But it has to be done in, because real relationships are created out of clear and honest communication. They don't happen with game playing. So that, you're saying to have the conversation important. right from the book, well, yeah. not not necessarily right from the beginning, but just have well, a I kind of, path. you know, I told those guys. I mean, like if I meet them, I just on the first date, I'll say, so are you open to the possibility of a relationship in right. general? That's I mean, I've had these one liners for ages in my back pocket, in between being partnered, because I think it's important. Because if somebody is meeting you and you know you want a relationship and they're not open to it at all, you might as well just say goodbye over coffee. Okay, well, what if you have this conversation with someone early on in the relationship, and but they say, yeah, I, I really, really want a relationship, but I'm kind of afraid of, you know, of relationships because I've been hurt in the past. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a big question. That might be another conversation. Well, then you measure how much you think they're worth in your life, and you do a calculation as to how much time you will give them. As you said, give them a timeline, give yourself a timeline, and figure out how much you're willing to invest while they figure this out. Yeah, and I think they're more courageous than they are fearful. And I think the person has to be willing to do the work to get past their hurt. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're just wasting time. So if if someone's not doing anything diligently to get past whatever they're going through, then I think that it's a lost cause, really, to be honest. And I mean, you know what's funny? They may think they're saving themselves, but they're messing with themselves, too. What's the point of keep meeting people you like and going, I'm afraid, I'm afraid? And then you, like, what is that? Is that going to be your MO for the rest of your life? I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm attracted to you, but I'm afraid. It seems kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? It sounds very, it actually is very ridiculous. But we, we, we need to take a break. We'll be right back. And we are going to talk about how to turn a situationship into a real relationship. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are back. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. And tonight, Susan Winter is a relationship expert, and she is joining us. She's all the way, uh, she lives in New York City, and she's actually calling us from Arizona tonight. Yep, yep. Got a home out here, yes. In the sunshine. Lucky you. Lucky you. We're talking about situationships tonight. Uh, This is a type of relationship where one or both parties are not willing to commit or define the relationship, and it's called a situationship. So uh, let's talk about um, situationships and turning them into relationships. In your opinion, can a situationship be turned into a relationship? I think it can. If it, It depends on the nature of the people. So if both parties entered and they were kind of just, you know, casually dating, looking around, whatever, but they start to really like each other, the first thing that has to happen is they have to indicate 
clearly to each other, give each other what I call a green light, meaning everybody's scared in the beginning of a relationship. And as you're shifting from whatever, whatever, it's all good to, oh, I like this. You need to, I'll say you, whoever the listener is, be proactive, let your partner know, oh, I like this. You know, I really enjoy spending time with you. You may feel vulnerable because you're the first one to state that, but being courageous enough to state that, you will then give them the freedom to say, you know, I like seeing you too. You say, you know, it's a pretty good thing. Slowly, 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 you keep affirming the fact that you like them. You keep affirming the fact that you enjoy spending time with them. And if they are mirroring you, not just in language, but in behavior as well, there's greater closeness. We talked about how to see the arc of progress as opposed to the chaos of the spikes of up and down ego fears. Then if you are seeing progress, you're getting closer, you're meeting each other's friends, uh, you're getting closer to their inner circle. You know, you may be walking your way into a relationship. You guys have just failed to call it because for whatever reason, especially with millennials, it just strikes terror in them to call it what it is. There can be people who are sleeping with each other exclusively for a year and one partner refuses to call his or her partner boyfriend or girlfriend. It's just, it's insane to me. Yeah. And the millennials have seen so many relationships fail. Their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their parents, friends. I mean, so that's why they're scared. Well, that's one of the reasons, but there are many other reasons. But I agree with you 100%. If if you've been stuck in this situationship for months and you want a real relationship, then you have to communicate. You have to speak up. You have to have a serious, honest talk with the person about your desire for a commitment. When you talk with the person, you want to speak directly about how you feel and what you want. Like, for example, I've been feeling confused about where things stand with us. Uh, I definitely have feelings for you, and I, I want to take our relationship to the next level. I'd love to know how you feel. And just keep in mind, too, that this is not an ultimatum. This is just about letting the other person know how you feel. And if the other person doesn't share this goal, then maybe it's time to find someone who shares the goal of also being in a relationship. And and I I also don't want you to think of the situationship as a waste of time, but I think that you should look at it as a learning experience. No relationship, and Susan, I think you, uh, you probably are on board with this as well. No relationship is a waste of time. I think relationships are a learning experience. Um, and you have to, look, you know, take a look at that relationship. Were there red flags that you ignored? Uh, did you tend to settle throughout the situationship for less than what you wanted or needed? And then what digging into these questions can help you figure out what you want for your next relationship, which is going to help you avoid falling into another situationship that isn't serving you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%, Laura, that's perfect. That is, that is right. And um, I prefer, when we go back to the communication style, I prefer if you have a skittish partner that you know has either said it or inherently you know they just, they're just freaked out by the word relationship. And yet you know you're actually in one. Like Let's say you're sexually exclusive. You've been seeing each other for a while. People always see you together. They think you're a couple, but your partner won't admit it then I think what you need to say to them is, um, you know, I actually value relationships. I'm looking for a partner that wants to do that. And I 
my idea of partnership is blah, 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 and the benefits are blah, blah, blah. So you remove them from the heat of the flame by jumping to what I call jump to the philosophical. And that's a technique that I use where you take the heat off the person, like I need us to be, I want you to, instead of trying to give them a directive, which they'll probably, you know, fight you just because they want to fight you. You start to speak more theoretically and philosophically. You know, my goal in life is a relationship. Right. Okay. And if the relationship isn't working for you, stand up for yourself by telling your partner that you're moving on and you can let them know via text, over the phone, or in person. It's really up to you because I believe that for short, casual dating relationships, I think a short to the point text message is usually fine. How do you feel about that? We have about 20 seconds, Susan. Tell them why because you don't tell them why they can't fix it and do it any way that you feel is correct. Beautiful. <laughs> There are people in situationships out there that are truly happy, but if a committed relationship is what you desire, then never settle for less than what you deserve. Susan, where can people follow your work? SusanWinter.net or find me on YouTube, Susan E. Winter. Just put Susan Winter in your search engine. It'll come up number one, I think. That's pretty cool. (laughs) You definitely want to check out her YouTube channel for sure. And have you ever tried virtual speed dating yet? Uh, Dating while distancing doesn't happen one-dimensional. With online speed dating events, you can stop swiping and start building real-time connections from the comfort of your own home. The events are proving to be quite successful. Check out singleinthecity.ca for an event near you. And you can uh, also download the Dating and Relationship Show past shows. There's 100 episodes to choose from by checking out Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Until next week, ciao for now. 